Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Control Alt Delete on a Tuesday. Quick roundup of uh, the tech stories from around the world that you need to know about. Click here to find out happy days. Starting with the first tor- uh, story this evening. A, this is great news, and I think we should bring this in here in Dublin. But a Japanese city has banned the use of smartphones while you're walking. Smartphones, wa- smartphones while you're walking. I love this idea. And you know why I love this idea? Because how many times have you been driving, someone walks across the road because they're buried into their phone? Oh, yeah, all the time. And that video that Lewis released a year or two ago of people just strolling out in front of a Lewis and just kind of head buried into their phone. So maybe this sure. is something that we could implement over here. Yeah, people have been knocked down and everything from Lewis. I know, it's ridiculous. Or walking into ridiculous. the Lewis, the side of the Lewis. Crazy. So Yamoto, it's a city in Japan. They have just passed the law. Pedestrians no longer allowed to use their smartphones while you are walking around. The town has about what two hundred and forty thousand residents. There is no, <clears throat> there's no fine as of yet. So it's technically a law without a punishment at the moment. But what happens now is at train stations and bus stops and other places, and other parts where kind of people will congregate around. Naturally enough, there's just a recorded voice message that says. Using smartphones while walking is banned. Please operate your smartphone after you stop walking. And that's piped in through the tunnel, in like the train station, the bus station, and things like that. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think they should bring it in here. I think it would probably work quite well. Um, and <clears> it would <throat> cause less accidents, cyclists, drivers. I mean, let's be honest, a pedestrian on their phone is probably the worst in all of that. Very frustrating. And, uh, like, fine if you're on your earphones and you're just on a call. I imagine that's absolutely fine because your head is up. But, you know, being buried into it, you're you're just not having a good time for anyone. So there you go. Japanese city, Yamato. Or uh, Yamato. Sorry, Yamato over in Japan recently passed this. And they are the first place, probably one of the first places in the world, to ban using your phone while you are walking. And who knows, Grafton Street could be the next place. Might be a bit of crack, might uh, free things up a little bit. Um, next story. This machine has been developed and it looks looks terrifying. I don't think I'd be confident enough using it, but have you spoken to anyone who has had to get a coronavirus test? Um, I've spoken to two people, yeah. My brother was one of them. Oh, did he get a test? He had to get a test done, yeah. He had symptoms of it. Now, he didn't have it in the end, but um, it was a swab... Up the nose, I think, and in the mouth, he said. Very so he had, to get, he had to get the nose one done? Yeah. So apparently it's very uncomfortable 
uh, if you've had to get a coronavirus test done, that's one of the things that they have to do is you have to lean your head all the way back as far as it can go and they shove the swab right in there, right in your nose. Like It's not just in and around the bottom of your nose. It's as far back pretty much, I think, as it can go. So it can be very, very uncomfortable. But one of the problems with testing for the coronavirus and with healthcare workers as well is obviously if you're going to be testing a lot of people, you're going to come in contact with the virus a hell of a lot more. And we know that you know, 10, 20% of the cases in this country have come or are from nurses and frontline staff and healthcare workers. So they are at a greater risk of contracting the virus than you and me. So what engineers in a Korean, in the Korean, in a Korean Institute of Manufacturing have decided to develop a robot that will automatically do the swab test instead of a human. Oh, that's a good idea. It's a good idea, but my God, it looks... I'll tell you what this machine looks like. Have you ever gone in to get your eyes tested where you put your chin in the clamp and then, yep. you know, that's scanning your eyes? It's kind of exactly like that. You put your chin on this little clamp or this little holder at the bottom of the machine. You're, you're then there's other clamps that come around the top of your head and the bottom of your head to make sure you're still. That tilts your neck back and then <laughs> the swab goes all the way into your nose and then pulls it back out again. I'd just be terrified that. Would you trust an automated machine to, to do that for you, to stick something that far inside your face? See, that's the thing. Like, What if something went wrong and it shoved yeah. it up too quickly? Yeah. That could be dangerous, couldn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't oh, say. I don't know. I mean, it's safer in the sense that you're not going to infect somebody that might be giving you the test or there's no chance of that happening. So that's safer in that regard. But oh, I don't know if I'd trust a robot to not break down or do something it shouldn't be doing. <laughs> <laughs> ramming it back and forth in your face like oh my god what's going on like, oh, sorry yeah. it does that sometimes just give it a little bit of a kick under the table and you should be fine so again the reason for this is so that if you have to go in and get yourself uh, a test that you're not coming in contact with a healthcare worker because they're f- far more likely to wind up unfortunately getting the virus and they're trying to remove uh, human contact and obviously implement social distancing as much as possible and trying to do this the Korean Institute of Machinery and Materials have developed this and they're going to st- try and start running some of them out in in the next couple of weeks as a way to try and prevent the disease from spreading and and affecting healthcare workers because obviously we need them and when they go off sick because of the virus the healthcare numbers are down and the health service kind of suffers because of that but wouldn't wouldn't be one for me I think I'd be a little bit like I still get nervous when you're in a car wash because I still don't trust that the that the machine you know especially at the end when the fan comes the dryer comes I'm always like it's going to smash into the car now it doesn't obviously but I'm still like wary but imagine Someone pointing something up your nose? No. No. Wouldn't be for me. No, unfortunately not. So um, that's happening. They've developed a robotic coronavirus test machine over in Korea. Now, Tesla are following in the same path as Gucci. Do you remember Gucci a couple of weeks ago launched their own version of uh, short GAA shorts? Oh, yeah. Everyone was buying them. So... Paul Meskell, who stars in Normal People, has been spotted with his chain and his traditional Irish gas shorts. And uh, since then, Gucci jumped on the bandwagon and were like, Gah, O'Neill's gas shorts are sexy. And I think they were charging like a couple of hundred quid for a pair of tiny shorts. I, I think... I think gas shorts... Now, I'm sorry, this is really mean and very controversial, are kind of disgusting <laughs> in general. They are. They're not the most attractive shorts in the world, and I don't like but the you whole see a bit of leg. It's like lads wearing hot pants running around the field, shouldering other lads. But I won't lie. Paul Mescal has made them hot. Are you into them now, are you? Yeah, a little bit more, yeah. Like, I wouldn't mind getting a pair. Well, anyway, uh, Gucci have done it, but uh, Tesla have followed suit. So, obviously, Tesla, the uh, Elon Musk's... Elon Musk's 
an electronic car manufacturing company have come out and they have released... Now, I don't know if it's been inspired by Gucci or they have said it's been inspired by Gucci or the gas shorts, but they are identical to a pair of O'Neill's gas shorts, but they are red. They are kind of like electric red Telsa short shorts. And the product description says, run like the wind or entertain like Liberace. With our red satin and gold trim design, they do not come with the same price tag as the Gucci ones. So the Gucci ones, I think, are like a couple of hundred quid. These Tesla red short shorts are at like $70 on their website. $70? Would you pay that for shorts? No, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. But no, I can imagine that um, people are going to buy them and all turn into the same... Vintage, cool, yeah, O'Neill's I mean, inspired how much shorts. Is a, uh, yeah, how much is a pair of O'Neill's shorts? How much is Do a pair know, of, of O'Neill's gas shorts, lads? Only about, what, 10, 20 quid? Well, see, this obviously became such a big thing. Everyone going out to buy the shorts. I thought I saw a girl putting them up for, f- like, 40 euro. Ah, come on now. Who would sell them? Now, I, I don't know. having a shop. Let me see, O'Neill's, O'Neill's Ireland. I thought they were around that. Let me see. Men's, the men's sale. Oh, here we go. 20, they look like twenty between 20 and 25 quid. Oh. That's what they're going for on their website. They're just a standard shorts. Is there like an, a Paul Mescal version? Well, they're just the county shorts. He was just wearing like county shorts or uh, they club shorts. a special so, one or... No, just random ones. So they're, they're going for, yeah, 25 quid is the most you're going to be paying, okay, paying for a pair of O'Neill's. Uh, short shorts. Gucci slightly more expensive and now $70 for a pair of electric red Tesla short shorts. If you want to go full tank um, and, you know, splash out on a pair of pretty much just O'Neill's gas shorts, you can find that there as well. Um, next story here this evening. TikTok is potentially facing a ban in the United States. Why? So TikTok has long had a little bit of a problem and it may just be a rumor but there was a lot of issues when it was first released a lot of people in america said tiktok is owned by the chinese government and if you download it you're basically allowing surveillance by the chinese government of your phone and there's huge data and privacy concerns because the chinese government tend to like knowing a lot of things about their citizens and um there was speculation that they were asking for data and that they were going to be able to access a lot of tiktok's data and they've they've obviously since denied it uh, tiktok the company that owns them moved a lot of their data centers where they process a lot of the accounts and things like that moved it out of China but on Monday evening the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo in the United States said the United States is certainly looking at banning TikTok over concerns that it could be used by the Beijing government as a surveillance and propaganda tool Oh That's going to disturb a lot of people and annoy yeah, so a lot of people. What are they going to do with their spare time? I know. Where are you going to put your dances? Now, Vine is gone. Uh, and now the next greatest thing was obviously uh, TikTok, which exploded in the quarantine. And I think it's had... It's got about 2 billion active users now, which is probably more than Instagram, I think. Um, TikTok users. So, yeah, that's a potential... Um, potential problem for the company at the moment that uh, they're kind of getting a little bit of flack over um, 
the associations that they've had with the Chinese government, which has yet to be 100% confirmed, but the United States, and it, there's loads of new influencers on TikTok who are not going to be happy about not being able to use it, especially in the United States. So that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Yeah, that is strange. Now, I don't know if that's going to actually come into play. I can't imagine every second person is doing TikTok videos. It'd be far too hard to control that. Hmm. Yeah, you know, people will probably get around it anyway. If you're on TikTok and it does get banned, people will probably find a way around it anyway. But there you go. Uh, TikTok, now, there's nothing concrete, but that is the latest comment from their Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. And final story this week, looks like we're going back to Mars. So three countries have now, uh, in the next month or so, going to be launching their space missions to Mars. The United States, China and the UAE, so the United Arab Emirates are all sending out their little explorers to Mars. Uh, two of them are going to be landing. China and America will be landing on the moon and then the UAE is going to be just orbiting. It's just going to be taking a few photos from space, orbiting the planet as well. Um, but what they're hoping for is... Uh, well, they, they're, they're wondering if they're going to find anything. Some people have come out in the last few weeks as well and said they think they're going to be able to find mushrooms and vegetation on Mars because it has an atmosphere that might help with that. But But I don't know. But we're going to have in the next year or so, I don't know how long it takes to fly to Mars but the next year or so, well definitely in the next month three missions will be blasted off to try and land on Mars and who knows by the end of the year we might have found Mars aliens I'd love that, you know I'm dying for that to happen Yeah, yeah, find yourself a nice man Yeah Here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue Another cool fact You can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. One day, hopefully soon. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so there you go. That's what's happening this month. There'll be three uh, rockets blast off into space. China, the United States, and the UAE. Uh, I think this is the UAE. Uh, this is one of their, they're the new enough space agency out there so they're going to be testing out their tech and see what they can gleam from the red giant but listen that's control alt delete for this week if you've got any uh, stories that you feel are worthy or we might have missed you can let us know on 87 1041047 fm 104's room 104 podcast with cormac moore and sir shalon 
Cormac and Saoirse here and now we're on to a, a strange topic. Uh, some people, I think a lot of it's mainly men, have a very strange, weird fantasy that I would never be on board with but have apparently take enjoyment in seeing their partner with uh, another man. I mean, I, I don't know, Saoirse, if that would be something you'd be interested in seeing your other half with someone else. Is, is, that, a, is that something like, oh, yeah, I like that. No, and it's never been brought up in a relationship before where, you know, someone has wanted even a threesome in person. Like, you know, you, you hear people having fantasies but they don't actually want to act it out. I just can't imagine going somewhere, sitting and watching someone essentially cheat on you. Is it cheating, though, if you've consent to the cheating. Yeah, exactly. It's probably not, but there's something wrong there in your relationship if you're doing that. Listen, Perhaps. maybe they're they're just really strong and they, they're certain <laughs> and confident in themselves and they are uh, ha- perfectly happy. Well, listen, to talk more about this, we have chatted to him a couple of times before here on the show. Delighted to welcome back. It is a psychologist who focuses on various different types of uh, sex and psychology. Uh, Dr. Justin Lay Miller, how are you, sir? Doing well. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. So this term, and I've, I've seen this mentioned before, for, and I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly. Is it cuckolding? Yes, it's called cuckolding, and it refers to people who derive sexual arousal from the prospect of watching their partner have sex with somebody else. Now, is this different from swinging? It's a little different from swinging because in a typical swinging arrangement, there's usually this swapping of partners and sometimes partners will go off, uh, you know, where they trade with another couple and they're each kind of doing their own thing, although some swingers do all this together in the same room. But the difference with cuckolding is that you have one partner who is watching their partner engage with somebody else and they're not involved in the sexual activity. So it's kind of like a threesome where one person is is sort of sitting on the sideline. Yeah. (laughs) Why do people find this a turn-on and attractive? I would have thought it's the single worst thing that you could do in your relationship is to... Is is it it technically cheating? Like, So I wouldn't consider it to be cheating because cheating is something that is non-consensual in nature. Mm. And in these cuckolding situations, all the partners have consented to everything that is going on. And what we see in the research is that there are a surprising number of people who are turned on by this. So for example, I published a book recently called Tell Me What You Want, where I surveyed thousands of people about their sexual fantasies. Mm. And included in that list of fantasies was this idea of cuckolding. And I found that about half of the men who participated in my survey had fantasized about this before and about a third of the women had. Uh, it doesn't mean that this many people necessarily want to go out and do that because fantasy doesn't always reflect our desire, but it tells us that this isn't as rare or unusual as we might think it is. And in terms of what it is that turns people on about it, there are a few different things. So for some people, this is actually an act of BDSM, right, where you have the partner who is watching, who is taking on this submissive role to their other partner who is taking on this more dominant role. And and sometimes there are acts of sadomasochism or bondage that are incorporated in this and where the partner who's watching might feel humiliated by their partner having sex with somebody else right in front of them. So for some people, it's an act of BDSM. But for other people, it's really more about the fact that they take pleasure in their partner's pleasure. And so seeing somebody else who can really satisfy their partner actually makes them happy. So there can be different things that draw people to this. And is there a certain kind of age group that are into this? Or have you found it, you know, from young to older people? So... One of the things that I found in my research is that people's sexual fantasies seem to change as they age. And 
where I see people getting the most adventuresome in their fantasies is actually when they're in their 40s and 50s. And so when it comes to things like group sex and taboo sorts of activities, those things actually tend to increase in that sort of middle age range compared to younger adults. Yeah, that's interesting. Is there anything to do with it, like, linked to, let's say, the explosion in people watching porn? Because we have this nearly voyeuristic attitude towards sex where a lot of people get turned on by, you know, watching pornography as opposed to being fully engaged in the act itself. So there is certainly a very voyeuristic element to cuckolding, right? Because you're watching your partner have sex with someone else and it is sort of like seeing porn take place right in front of you. So for people who just really like to watch in general, I find that they tend to be more into cuckolding. But whether this is something that is driven by porn or not is kind of hard to say. Mm. Certainly cuckolding is not a new phenomenon. This actually traces way back, but it has been around for quite some time. And when you look at porn sites, it is something where you see searches have increased and it's becoming this very popular porn genre. But it's hard to say whether that's because of porn uh, creating a new sexual interest or if it's just because people who have had this interest are now gravitating to porn to find out ways of sort of vicariously living out their fantasies. Are there any other weird kind of fantasies that people seem to be now acting out more so than they used to? So when I talk about sexual fantasies, I'm a little bit hesitant about using the, the weird label just because, you know, my job as a scientist is not to... To, to place value judgments on them, but rather to just describe them as they are because different people just tend to be turned on by different things. And so cuckolding is one of these examples where a lot of people think that it's very weird or strange, but actually is surprisingly common as a sexual interest. And there are lots of other very taboo sorts of fantasies that as we do more research on them, we're finding that while we once thought they were rare, they're actually quite common. So for example, lots of fetish interests Um, are actually quite common as well. BDSM fantasies are actually among the most popular sexual fantasies. For example, I find that upwards of 80 to 90 percent of men and women across different sexual orientations have fantasized about some aspect of BDSM before. So many of the things that we think are rare and unusual are actually quite common. Yeah, and with the cuckolding, is it seems to be that your research has shown that more men are interested in it than, or report to be more interested in it than women. Any idea as to why that is? There are probably a few reasons. Um, so one is that men in general just tend to have more group sex and multi-partner type fantasies. So that's part of it because this is a variant of group sex. But men also have more voyeuristic fantasies in general. They tend to get more enjoyment and pleasure from from watching other people who are engaged in sexual activity or who are undressing. So it's it's probably a function of the fact that cuckolding is, is sort of this combination of group sex and voyeuristic fantasies and it's just a unique way for some men to express them. Hmm, it's not something I would definitely get on board with by any means probably because I just find the idea of watching someone else, you're not even getting involved, what are you getting from that? <laughs> You know, yeah, it's no. just really unusual to me. Well, it's different things for different people is all that I can say. You know, if being a sex researcher has taught me anything is that there's so much diversity in human sexual expression and what turns people on. And people are just very inventive, creative and flexible in terms of how they meet and gratify their sexual needs. But again, I think it's important to mention that with cuckolding, even though the fantasies might be quite common, that doesn't mean that everybody wants to go out and do it. And it's not necessarily a good idea for everyone to do this because there is the potential for jealousy and insecurity and uh, these 
other sorts of issues to set in. So we do see in the research that many people who practice cuckolding report very positive experiences with it and say that they not only derived sexual pleasure from it, but that it also ended up bringing them closer to their partner. But there are some cases where people act out these and other group sex fantasies where it leads to conflict and turmoil and jealousy. So you kind of have to know yourself really well in terms of acting on a sexual fantasy to kind of predict whether it's going to work out well for you. And you also need to have extraordinarily good communication with your partner if you're going to act <laughs> on a fantasy like this. Yeah, because as well, how do you go about it? one? There's, there's the one hand of telling your, your significant other, here's what I'm interested in. There's another thing trying to explain this to your friend where you're like, I would like you to do my wife later on and I will just sit in the corner watching it if you're okay with that. I mean, that's got to be another barrier and challenge to, to manage successfully and effectively as well. And before we let you go, uh, Justin, in your book you obviously did a lot of research around these things, so the book, uh, Tell Me What You Want, and we will steer away from using the words, you know, weird or strange, but was there any other surprising findings about people's sexual fantasies that you found while researching the book? So I found that for most people, about 80% of people, they said their favorite sexual fantasy of all time is something that they want to act upon at some point. However, only about one in five people have ever acted on their sexual fantasies before. So what that tells us is that there's a pretty big gap between fantasy and reality. And I think a lot of this stems from the fact that people carry around a lot of shame and guilt and anxiety about their fantasies. And as a result, they don't talk to their partners about them. And they're, they're really worried about their partners judging them and so forth. So one of the things I try to do in the book is talk about ways of effectively communicating about your fantasies with your partners so that you can open up more productive conversations. And if you decide you want to go the next step and actually act on your fantasies, I also lay out lots of important considerations to take into account because, well, there are many rewards that can come from acting out our fantasies. There are also a lot of risks too. Okay, well, I must read that book and become a little bit more aware of all these different yeah. fantasies. Yeah. Uh, add it to the reading list. Uh, tell me what you want. Listen, mm. uh, Justin, it's always a pleasure to have you on. A, what's your website for someone who wants to check out some of the work and research you've done? My website is Sex and Psychology at sexandpsychology.com and you can find write-ups of all the latest sex research and links to my books and social media. Brilliant. And Dr. Justin Le Miller, thanks a million for popping on Room 104 tonight. Thanks again for having me. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. With Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104 with Play Blue. Visit our flagship store in Tala or get free delivery at playblue.ie. A quick reminder also as well, if you missed any of the interviews this evening, tons of very uh, interesting people. One there with uh, Professor David Nutt, who was on a little bit earlier on. Uh, he is uh, an expert in drug science and advocating for evidence-based approach for different governments and countries when it comes to the legalisation of certain drugs and how we should be treating certain drugs uh, around the world. His interview will be up there very, very shortly in case you missed it. But you can find Room 104 with Cormac and Saoirse on all of your main podcast platforms that you're using at the moment to listen to audio. So before, we, we didn't get to this at the start of the show. We were talking too much chocolate since it was World Chocolate Day. But uh, what's the, what questions do we have for this evening that we never got around to? So the question is, what's the number one work distraction according to studies? So what are you most distracted at when you're working? Well, the first thing that comes to mind, I don't want to say in case it is that, and I'm sure that most people, if you're listening right now, you're probably thinking the same thing that I'm thinking. But it is it, is it? I take it it's obvious as day, is it? Um, I wouldn't say it's obvious as day. I don't. I don't think you're going to guess the right answer with your obvious 
answer that you think you have. So what do you think it is? Well, I was going to say your phone. No, it's not your phone. Ah, come on. There can't be anything more distracting in work than your phone. No. Number one distraction, according to studies. That's a weird one now. I would have thought straight away it was your phone. All right, so it's not your phone. You can scratch that one off the list. Have another thing. The single biggest distraction to you in work, what do you think it is? 87 uh, We'll take some of the guesses next. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. If it's a lovely day, we might as well just play some happy music. Something nice, I could say. A lot of good things happen today. A quick reminder, tomorrow McDonald's are adding breakfasts back to the menu. So if there's a McDonald's in your area now, you have a justification to go in. They're opening from 11. You can go back in and get a, a McDonald's breakfast if you've been missing them. Uh, also, some of them are going to start doing, well, more of them are going to start doing walk-ins as well. So you won't just have to queue up at a drive through Karen's and Kieran's are going to be able to get, Kieran's with a K, by the way, not C. Kieran, a Kieran, not a Kieran, a Kieran. Kieran. Karen's and Kieran's are going to be able to get free pizza and free food from the back page in Fibsborough. And it's World Chocolate Day, so you have another 16 minutes to stuff your face full of chocolate and do it guilt-free when the calories don't actually count. Happy days. Now, though, the answer to the question, what is the... Sorry, what's the question again, Sir? You have so it there. So what is the number one work distraction according to studies? So what are you most distracted at in work? Now, Niall has written into to me saying the opposite sex. Do you get distracted by me? I wouldn't say so. Well, you talking. and Tara just nattering away. Yeah. And I'm like, come on now, guys. We do do that a lot. Um, but I think w- once you're in a work environment, you don't really get distracted by the opposite sex, do you? You, you did that in school and in college, but like... Depends you grow on how out hot they are. Or how ugly <laughs> well, they are. True. If there's someone hor- horrendously ugly in front of you, you'd just be sitting there going, my God, how can you someone can't. be that ugly? Yeah. What is going on? Um, no, joking, obviously. So it, it's it's not it, it's not that then, is it? No, it's not that. No. Okay, Arbs has said Arbs has WhatsApped us in on WhatsApped us in on oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. Evening, Arbs. What's the story? Is it gossiping? I mean, gossiping does happen, especially in our yeah. workplace. <laughs> That's what we spend most of the day doing. Oh my god! Um, yeah. It's not the answer, though. It's mm, not the answer. Sorry about that, Arbs. Not no. that. Uh, is it the radio, Adrian has said? Evening, Adrian. How are things? No, it's not the radio. This is something that you probably wouldn't even think of. Mm. So that's why a lot of people are not guessing this immediately because it's something that we have to do every day. But sometimes when you are working and you don't, you haven't done this earlier on in the day, you're going to want to do it. Okay, okay. Dermot has said, is it distracted by the boss? No, but the boss can sometimes walk in randomly and... Uh, you have to down tools, have, play nice. Yeah, you kind of have to, it doesn't matter what you're up to, you kind of have to just do that. Um, but it's not the boss, no. It's not a person, by the way. Oh, okay. So that's going to eliminate certain certain things. Yeah, Adrian has sent in another one that this is the, the same one that I was going to say as well. I imagine it's the, using the bathroom or going to the toilet. No, but that is a good one. Especially if I drink a lot of water. I always yeah. need to go to the toilet. If you go on one of those health um, buzzes, you're like, oh, sorry, I have to go. And then you're yeah. on your phone in the bathroom for hours and hours on end. Yeah, 
that happens definitely but it's not the uh, it's not the answer <laughs> is it spam email they're so annoying is it just so random email annoying. in general not even nope. just spam just uh, getting an email chain that you're like I am in no way needed for this at all nope no, it's not. Aoife has messaged in saying, is it Zoom calls? I guess that's what we're doing a lot of at the moment. No, it's yeah. not Zoom calls, no. Aoife, how many a day are you stuck on? We'll do a Zoom call. Riff. Great, yeah. We haven't had to do them in ages, thankfully. I know. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. I was on to Nobby earlier on. He was like, we should do it. No, we shouldn't see it. Bye, Nobby. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> Can't hear him in the tunnel. You're at home. Tunnel. <laughs> Whoopsies. I think, no, you know what would make that. Zoom calls better? This is what we need to do with video uh, voice calls. We need to do virtual reality Zoom calls. So you put on a headset and it's, it, it's as if you're in a boardroom and you can see everyone around you so you can look left and right and up and down as opposed to just staring at a tiny screen. I think that's what we need to do. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Mm, that yeah. would make it more interesting as well. You'd be a little bit more excited by your Zoom call. Yeah, and then you could you could get up and you could walk around to talk to people directly and then they could like reduce the sound from everyone else and just allow you to talk to the person in front of you. That's VR Perfect. meetings. That's where we need, lads. None of this Zoom. That's a fantastic idea. You should get so on that. I, I think I will. It'll be like Zoom VR. And you, like, you can have a, a silly hat on in your avatar and you can just... <laughs> have serious conversations. Yeah, with a funny mustache and pair of glasses. You're like, hello, yeah. where are you going? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> but I, th- I think that would work. I'd definitely be able to do that. that. So that's going to be my company startup. So if anyone has 100 million that they'd like to invest, get in touch. Let me know. Um, Kingsman the movie like Kingsman the movie Arabs. yeah correct and right swinging on a seat is that what you're distracted by is that the biggest distraction in work swinging on a seat I don't swing on a seat but sometimes you can get really into it and you try and like balance on it and you're just spending ages like holding the end of the desk like you did in school kind of leaning back and forth just trying to find yeah, that sweet spot I did that in school no it's not it's not the uh, number one distraction no no right, it's not okay. This is something you have to do every day, by the way. You have to do this every day. So everyone does this every single day. But what do you stop doing in work? And probably spend the most time doing. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, you talk about your phone, but you might pick up your phone, scroll for 10 seconds or a minute and then put your phone down. But you're not doing this for 10 seconds. Usually. Okay. So this is a bigger chunk of time. Yeah, it would be a bigger chunk of time. All right. Interesting. Oh, eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. There's a couple of guesses in here that I think might be correct and right or might be close to it that I haven't had them yet. First person to suggest this. Good evening, Teresa, by the way. How are things? What has you up 10 to 12 on a Tuesday evening? She said, people get distracted by mealtimes slash their stomachs slash hunger. Is that the answer I'm looking for? Yes, it is. Yes. yes. Sorry, that was it a little bit quiet hunger. there. My apologies. Yeah, hunger. So um, the number one distraction in work is your, yeah, your stomach rumbling and you need to stop and go get food. We do it. We spend an hour. We take an hour of our time. <laughs> and then we stress before the show because we're hungry. Yeah. Yeah, you see, sometimes it's not even that I'm hungry. It's just an excuse to distract yourself, isn't it? And to put off put off work. Or to have a cake, yeah. You're just like, oh, I better go get some food. I'll make the seventh cup of coffee today. You don't want the cup of coffee or tea. You don't need the food. You're just 
refusing to do any sort of work, so you get up and you get out. That's true. But Correct yeah, and right there. Distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Teresa says she's up sewing face masks for my family. Wow, Saint Teresa. Oh, looking wow. after, looking after Amazing. the family. Are you, are, you? Are, are you selling them now, Teresa? You make a few quid out of these if yeah. they're washable and reusable. So don't be letting them off the hook now. Don't you be putting in all this time and effort late on a Tuesday evening. Uh, Seventy quid uh, a pop is what you should be charging for them now. That's just the going right, and you know you'd be, you'd be saving their lives. But listen, congrats, uh, you got that first person to get that correct and right. Happy days. Uh, before we wrap up this evening, there is one of this. This is. Probably one of the strangest things that we've come across in a long, long time. But somebody, to try and combat the social distancing, speaking of face masks and stuff like that, somebody has invented a product to try and help people socially distance. They've created the socially distanced strap-on, right? And they're trying to crowdfund a metre-long strap-on that they hope will help couples stay at safe distance, but also... uh, still enjoy having sex and having a sex life. It's a metre long, it's ridiculously large, it's ridiculously huge, and the creators of this product and the creators of this campaign who are trying to develop the device and the product itself were asked if it is a like, bit of a piss take, is it a joke, or is it actually for use inside the bedroom? And the guys have come out and said it's half and half. Now, we tried to get on to the guys who invented this, and we weren't able to get through to them because a lot of people have come out and said a meter-long dildo is probably not the best idea for your body if you're going to be using that. And a lot of doctors have come out and said, you definitely shouldn't be doing this. And one of those doctors is Dr. Shirin Lakani, who has come out and said, a device like this is just absolutely uh, ridiculous. Uh, and, and why is that? Well, we'll let her explain. We're going to be talking to her about the dangers of using something as ridiculous as the socially distant strap-on, which is a metre long and far too big for any human um, any human in the world, the, the kind of crowdfunding campaign has kicked off with this thing. But Dr. Shireen Lakani is like, mm, maybe we shouldn't be shouldn't be doing this. So she's going to be on the line. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. Can Saoirse here with you, and uh, you may have seen this doing the rounds on the internet today. It is a socially distant device that is being crowdfunded, um, and um, it, it is one of the strangest, strangest. Of, I don't even know how to describe this, but let, let me describe what the crowdfunding uh, campaign has been launched for. This basically, as you know, social social distancing has become the new norm. You and I are expected to keep uh, as far apart as possible. Somebody thought that this was a great idea to invent a new toy for for the bedroom, a socially distant strap-on that will help couples not only stay safe and stay distant, but also allow them to continue to have sex inside the bedroom. And they've created, someone has created and launched a crowdfunder for a one metre long strap-on dildo, which is, if you can even try and picture that in your mind, how ridiculous uh, it does look. It's, it's one metre long that you strap on that you're meant to wear in the bedroom. Now, the guys who launched this crowdfunder campaign and kickstarted it have said that, have already been asked, is this a joke? Is it just, you know, a little bit of a piss take or is it actually real? And the people have said, oh, it's somewhere in the middle and on the crowdfunding page, they've actually said that, you know what, they're trying to help couples have sex in a new way and I quote, a new hope for sexually frustrated people, they have invented the socially distant strap on. It is ridiculous. It's a meter long it's bigger than you know the width from a, a can of pringles i uh, will post the pictures on our social if you have not seen it yet but uh, a few people have come out and said yeah 
probably not even best to suggest that this is a joke or suggest to, to use this in any way, shape or form and uh, joining us on the line now to just talk about the dangers because unfortunately there's people out there who are going to wind up using something like this because we've seen there's just people just don't know when to stop and don't know when to do certain things but Dr. Shirin Lakhani joins us now. She's from the Elite Aesthetics um, uh, business over in the UK. Dr. Lakhani, how are you? Thank you very much for joining us this evening. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Probably a stranger interview or a stranger call that you have done but when you saw this and the people who were behind this device and this new strap-on saying, ah, it's kind of a joke, but it kind of might be also for actual use inside the bedroom. What was your initial response? To be honest, I was completely horrified and disturbed when I first heard about it. I mean, don't get me wrong, people have their own ideas about what they'd like to do in the bedroom and things, but the size of this concerns me, particularly because of the sort of damage you could do to body parts with it. I mean, the vagina in particular, it does stretch when you have children, etc. Um, but it's not really designed to take something of this size. And if it was instead FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.